welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast, your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then this is not your average podcast. Hi guys, welcome to episode 17 of Not Quite the Afterglow with me, Chloe. And I'm Richard. Welcome to another week of the show. It's the second one of the new year now. It is. So, and, and there's no turning back. It's like 2018 has always been here. It's it's ridiculous. I'm, I haven't written 2017 accidentally once this year. Uh, no, but I, I don't tend to write the date much anymore, actually. So it's not really been uh, an issue for me. But uh, thumbs up to all of you who are still keeping your New Year's resolutions out there. Uh, I, I've sort of kept my New Year's resolutions. Well, you, so you say sort of. You haven't kind of started. Well, you? I was planning on starting the diet, the the diet from hell to try and lose the a diet, bit of... as in like capital T, capital D, in inverted commas, the diet. The diet. I, I previously in in past past lives when we just had our first child, I lost about forty odd pounds on diet at the start of the new year, and I have every intention to start losing some timber. The issue I've got right now is that. I'm flat out working, writing all the time from home, which means I'm surrounded by temptation, surrounded by temptation mince pies, temptation mince pie, reduced mince pies. And who has uh, bought these these items of temptation? The devil on my shoulder, who accompanies me when I go to supermarkets without you, buys the mince pies reduced to 47p. Yes, because nobody else but in this house eats them. But they're steeped in cognac. Nobody else here eats mince pies. It's the only way I can have alcohol before... The witching hour during, I mean, it, as I said earlier, when we had you made me lunch quite late today because uh, I've been working all day writing and uh, you made me my favourite lunch, which is? Beans on toast. It's a very British lunch. Baked beans on toast, which is one of the, my most favourite foods on the entire planet. But I opened the fridge door and what greeted me was a bottle of cider. And um, the temptation, I thought, oh, it'd be really nice just to have a cider at two o'clock in the afternoon. But then... I thought, oh, I've got another five five thousand words to write today, so unfortunately that, that one went out the window. That one went out the window until I'd finished writing and you were safely tucking the kids into bed where I secretly grabbed a glass of cider. And and what did you have to to uh eat with your cider? Oh, I just had a you know, um a a a, a salt and vinegar snack chaser. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas me, as you heard last week, I was you, you like... You made me a salad for tea. We did. Yeah, you had a cob salad. I did have a cob salad. It was nice. I I said that I wasn't going to do the New Year diet bandwagon But you thing. started. And, and yeah, I feel like I've been, I don't want to say forced into it, but uh, we have a, a party coming up soon. And I have a dress that I need to be able to wear... And breathe at the same time. Now I can get. It's a fantastic new dress. It shows you off to a T. Well, thank you very much. But it would show me it's off better if I could if I could breathe at the same time br- as wearing br- it. Like I can do this. Honestly, I... breathing is optional. We're fine as long as you look nice. I don't care that you're breathing or not. I'm quite happy just well, looking. Well, I, I think I would look nicer if I I was. I have an asthma inhaler. You can use if you stop breathing. That'd be useful. Well, anyway, so I I joined the uh, healthy I don't want to say diet because I'm not a, one of those diet people but the healthy eating bandwagon and today is literally day one and I'm glad we're sat and doing this podcast because otherwise I would be just sort of constantly walking in and out the kitchen going oh because I just feel so snacky now I know I can't have it 
I want it so bad. <laughs> the, the the thing is for me, I I knew 2018 was going to be the year that I would just spend probably the whole year in front of a word processor writing the whole year. And it sort of sucks because as you said, there's temptation around every single corner, you know, you packets of crisps and, and stuff these, that need to be consumed. These temptations... Because they're Best Buy dates, you have to eat them before the Best Buy dates. These temptations are ones that you bring into the house. Like, it's very... very like, yeah, I know, but they're very nice temptations. And, and they're, they're, they're low in carbohydrates, I suppose. Which one? I don't know. I just don't know I'm making up as I go along. Yeah, exactly. So, um, like, to me, I know when I'm eating badly because I will just eat just crisps and all kinds of stuff all all day. Every time I come in the kitchen, I'll finish off the kids' food, that kind of thing. Um, but you're ter- you're terrible for buying. Just I don't know. Just I, I went out and bought about eight big packs the other day on my diet. I was just surrounded by. It. I was like, just leave me alone. I need to buy them. So what I'm going to do because obviously every, we're going to give have, them away to food charities. That's what we're going to do. What you need to do is have make, an element. Make poor people fat. You need an element of self-control. So I haven't got any self-control. Basically, I will make sure that whatever food I'm making for you is good. Yeah, which what you, you do. do around that is your own responsibility. But I have cut down portion sizes by cutting <coughs> down the amount of meals I'm eating. So I'm not. I'm certainly a lot of the time I'm not eating breakfast. I'm eating probably or just you know shutting yourself in your office and and only coming out at two o'clock in the afternoon. So that's when you eat. Yeah, but I mean the thing is right as I said when you are a writer. Uh, and you work on your own, and you're not seeing any human beings, um, that person that you see in Tesco's at the till is probably the only adult conversation other than your wife you have all day. We didn't even have adult, adult conversations all the time. Well, well, my point still remains is the only adult conversation that I have during the you know working week is probably with someone at Tesco or Sainsbury's where I'm paying at the checkout. Yeah, it, like as a face-to-face thing. I think that's increasingly... Um, an issue for people in all different jobs now, actually, in that you don't get a lot of, you know, sort of one-on-one interaction. It's all, it's all via instant messaging and emails and um, phone calls and and things like that. And a lot of people don't work in a more sort of face-to-face way. I I agree. I think that you know we we're in this age of instant communications where everyone sits on slack and other communications channels and on facebook messenger on whatsapp and stuff and um although it's making the world a smaller place it doesn't help with interaction at all it really doesn't i mean it's supposed to make interaction easier if anything it's i think it's killing social graces i think it's killing commentary i think people now you know the lols and the rofls and the you know why use why use four words when you can use four characters and... I, I think what's scary is the way that things um are different for sort of the the next generation as such um last week we were very very fortunate to have a bit of time out together um where we we visited a spa and there were some uh, young girls at the, at the oh same spa oh my god and they, I, d- I don't know how old they are because I'm rubbish 16, at guessing. 16, 17, 18, something like that. I don't know because I'm old now so everyone made looks me, young to made me. Made me feel really old. Made me feel and really old. They, you know, obviously they were enjoying themselves there but they were literally spending the whole time... Taking selfies of themselves. Taking selfies and pictures of each other. Like, and about 50, But about 50 pictures a time. Like you stand in the spa pool now and, and, and accentuate your cleavage. Oh, you. Yeah, well, and you then, turn around so I can see your bum. And but, it's just like, really? But they, 
But they literally just kept taking pictures of me. Like, they didn't even sit and enjoy being in the water or anything. No, they didn't. Because it was all about posing. And then they were outside. In the swimming pool. In February. In January, sorry. Taking loads of pictures of each other. And then they disappeared off. I don't know where. And then they came back. They came back. And then they were doing more again. And I just thought, aren't you going to just sit down and enjoy the experience? Just sit down and chat or something. But they were literally... Kids and girls in bikinis but with the, ample bosoms but taking thing, photos of each other. And it was just ridiculous. The thing that didn't get me, although you didn't overhear this, but there there were two, um, like, there's a, uh, like a, a sauna room and then there's like a, a, a... I don't know what you would call it, another sauna room, but where it's like a real moisture it's in the air. It's a thermal spa. A thermal spa. The thermal spa and with menthol and they, stuff in it. They literally went to go in there and one of them was like, no, it would be too misty. You won't be able to use your phone. And I just thought, why Why would you even think to take it in there in the first place? Um, but yeah, so, you know, they're, they're projecting this image of them having like this fantastic time at this spa. But they're not actually else. doing anything. But they weren't, they weren't actually enjoying it whatsoever because the whole time they were just taking all these photos of each other. It was crazy. But for me, that spa and that sauna last week was absolutely essential because I was spitting fire and flames all day. Having been, there's been this big thing on the internet with, um, you know, you read about hacking, about Intel and stuff like that, and I'm right in the centre of it. So I just needed to get out and calm down. And my beautiful wife and I, we went off to this spa and we sat in the we sat in the sauna. At like 46 degrees. The, the best thing about it was, it was the first day that the children went back to school. Sure, and within half an hour of them going back to school, we were sitting in the sauna. It was great. It, it was it was lovely, although I still had that anxiety. Like, any time I do something nice when the children are at school, I always have, in the back of my mind, I'm just waiting for that phone call to say one of them's feeling ill or or something and I have to come back into school because... I can guarantee on a day where I'm at home and I'm not really doing anything, it never happens. The phone won't ring. It's always when I'm out somewhere, just waiting to catch me off guard. Yeah, we're sitting down. We've been sitting down for a meal in a restaurant before, and the phone's rung. Said, you know, one of your children's fallen over in the playground. One of of them's not feeling very well, or whatever. Come and rescue them. And we were like, oh, we're just. And they were like, don't worry, there's no rush. He's he's really not that bad. So I was like, oh, we can we can finish eating this. We can finish eating your dish really quickly. But it's a really nice place, and it's only like five minutes from my house, isn't it? Yeah, so I think it was um, it was nice for us to have that downtime. But as I say, you know, seeing these girls kind of projecting, I suppose, that this image of them enjoying themselves oh, doing this stuff. Oh, it's completely artificial. I know, and then but, it's but, like... where will those images end up? They'll probably put them on Facebook, and the opening arms. If if this stuff had existed when you were fifteen, sixteen, you'd have been pregnant by teen in a bad place. You would have got oh, yourselves would, into so much trouble. I always say, if there was the social media around, you know, when I was younger, that there is now, I would be in a world of trouble, probably. I think that social media is great for keeping in touch with people. I think it's great for illuminating causes and for selling things you know facebook now a lot of stuff that people would normally put on ebay ends up on facebook must be killing their revenue it's funny what you say about selling things because you're kind of you're selling an image of yourself you know you kind of use it for your own personal you know gratification yeah this is a picture of my life whereas you know actually your life probably isn't like that as i say i still can't get over you in this most relaxing place why, and then these why, two idiot teenage girls why, taking photos of each other in the in the 
in and out the plunge pool with cleavage and stuff. And it's just like really pathetic. I, I actually wanted to say to them, you do understand that, you know, if one of you is over the age of 18 taking photos of the other one who's 16, you could get into a world of trouble. You could get into a world of trouble. Wow. You just, you don't think about stuff like that. Well, really, I'm sorry, that's the law. You know, it's it's making offensive images. But I, it's it's also the fact that, you know, I paid a lot of money to be there. I don't want to walk in and see these kids prattling about, you know. Hopefully they'll be back at school and they won't be there next time, so. Um, it's funny when you say about the people doing the the selfies and stuff like that because our son has a just a, a regular digital camera and um when we go on trips and stuff like he that takes he his like, camera away and he likes to take photos and occasionally he's actually very good for the age of six he takes some very good photos yeah and uh he also takes he loves to grab my <coughs> phone and take pictures so i have an endless reel of uh pictures selfie of, pictures of him smiling yeah, inanely, loves- and he looks like your brother <laughs> He really looks like your brother. I don't know, but he does love taking he's, these random I, selfie I, I, pictures. I can see, I can see me in him because he, he's my double. But when he smiles and does his inane grill, grin, it's your brother. Well, I don't know, but I just find it funny. He just takes all these weird pictures of himself and just pictures of stuff all around the house. I remember once um, because you can you can override the security on the phone by just going to the camera and. Um, I remember once going to my phone and looking for a picture and there were probably about 50 blurred pictures of our youngest jumping on our bed that he had taken. I was just going to say, if you can hear anything on the microphone now... I'm eating um, low-sugar sweets. They're not low-sugar. They're they're a bag of sweets that I'd left on the side... They're very nice. ...that we didn't take when we went to New York... And somehow they've magically opened themselves, and you've just grabbed one now. Like Two. nobody wants to hear you masticating. Masticating. Over the, I'm glad you got the right word there. Masticating over the microphone, do they? Well, they might. You might have some fetishists who like things like that. People. That's the other if thing. If people want to hear you, you eating, you, you could that? make millions. Have you noticed that people post on Facebook about how they hate the sound of people eating? You know, when they're when they're sitting at the table, and you hate it when I eat things like peanuts and. Do you know Snacks. what? You have a massive head. I do have you, a, I do, sorry, apologies. I do have a massive head, yes. You have a massive head and the inside of your mouth is very cavernous and when you eat things like peanuts, the it sound echoes. Yeah, it just it's like echoes. A, it's like a sound chamber, and it, acoustic and, chamber. And the crunch of it and it is so incredibly annoying that I will sit there and just sort of glare at you and then you'll say, Oh, I'm really finished. But what one thing that I have I've sort of taught you to do in our relationship actually is when um, you used to snack on nuts and things you would have a bag a, a huge bag of nuts and, now, and now you would you just give eat me a them. little pot and now I've taught you to, to put them in a ramekin slightly portion control but also so that I'm sort of reassured that oh he's only the got end a few to the left torture, that there is a physical end to the amount of noise that's coming out of my but mouth I have before now literally grabbed bags of something out of your hand and just put them over on the side where I'm yeah, like you I've had you're enough. my mother I controlling how controlling is that but I think I think I'm a considerate eater I don't uh, I don't think I make a lot of noise when I'm eating stuff Probably just because I don't even stop to like take the air oh, in. Oh, just tell them about it. tell them about the meal we had at that spa, the hotel. It was fantastic. Oh yeah, we, we did have lunch. a nice meal. I had I had pigeon for lunch. It was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I am a bit of a foodie at heart. 
So apart from the Neo resolution, which I've already broken, which was to start this diet, which I, I will do when I develop you've some kind willpower. Of, as I say, you've kind of passed that resolution on to me now. So I thanks. have, but I do fully intend to do something about it. I've just been so damn busy. I mean, I've written about 40,000 words this week, so it's been very busy. Well, my week has just been trying to recover from uh, the Christmas fallout. Obviously, I had to take the decorations down, which was a huge job. I well, didn't help you with that at all. You don't help put them up either. No, I don't. I don't put them up. I don't take them down. But you do such a good job of it. Well, I don't need to. That's what the children are for. They help you put them up. I tell you, the best thing I ever did was last year buying these huge plastic storage crates with, with lids. And then so you put them everything... away and can't remember where you put them. Well, no, I just did which part of the loft I put them in. But it's, it was a brilliant idea because before that, our Christmas decorations were spread out through various different empty boxes of stuff. And it was a real... It was a real shamble, so I feel like I'm. I've got this smug organisation thing going on now. I even spent. How how organised is this room? Uh, I my stuff in here is very organised. <laughs> if that's what you mean. Okay, that's fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't but start. I, so I, okay, whatever. I wouldn't start picking a fight with, with me I'm over those things. I'm not going to pick things. a fight with you over those things. At no, all. good. Um, so one of the things we wanted to talk about this week was a conversation that we kind of started in the car. Funnily enough, actually, we started it in the car the other day on a journey, which was the same journey we were on when we, we decided to start the podcast. Yeah, well, when we came up with the name of the podcast, like we must have a special thing that when we drive down that specific route, to we the, get inspired. The, the, the medieval city of Salisbury in Wiltshire. Yes. So we had something that we thought we would discuss um following on from that conversation and i can't remember what it was so remind me okay we were driving in your car well, i was driving. driving you weren't driving and you said oh. i like the hand movements you just did for the audience that can't <laughs> yeah. see i was like, doing the hand amazing yeah i've already done an air quotes that you can't see and now i'm doing the driving movements as we well. should we should record this and put it on youtube us doing the podcast we should record it as a show and put it up on youtube and people would then stop listening to the podcast of course they would because you're sat there in your pants i'm not but... in my pants at all <laughs> i am not in my pants i'm fully dressed but thank you for the mental image that you just scarred the entire listener base with so richard was driving doing the action Don't see do i the hit the hand... microphone now. so richard stop was driving doing the actions and he looked across and he was like oh look i've got a couple of bits of fluff on my dashboard and then he said, oh, back in the day, if I had noticed this fluff on my dashboard, I would have pulled over and wiped it all off. I would have done, yeah. Before I'd carried when on I, driving. When I first met you, if, if there had been so much as a hair or a fluff on the dashboard I, or wherever, or, just or, any or mess a mark in the on car. the screen or any mess, I would have stopped the car and cleaned it. Yeah, I mean... OCD. But things have changed. Well, when you have children, your standards drop. When you get married, when before you get married, your standards drop, um, and you become less aware of stuff. I mean, I very, we, I very rarely sit in our sitting room, our, our living room, when we have the big TV. I very rarely sit in there because um, my OCD. Even now, I'll go in there, and the children are making massive towers of Lego, sort of six foot tall towers that's duplo you can't duplo, get whatever it is but i won't go in there because there's mess everywhere because where the kids are playing that kids are just kids they're entitled to do that but i won't go in there and i won't sit in there with you because it drives me up the wall can you imagine how i feel then about all the rest of the house where your stuff is everywhere in a mess is that different because it's there yours? are two drum kits here and they're all zipped away in zip bags it's not like you're surrounded by drums you can't see them once they're in zip 
black bags. Right? They just become an eyesore. No, they're not an the eyesore room. at all. You cannot tell. If someone looked at that, they wouldn't know that was a drum kit. Well, I or, don't know. Or, or over there. I, I would have put Christmas lights on that and just, you know, festive, give it a festive edge. It just looks like luggage. Round luggage. It's unnecessary. It's not unnecessary. But, uh, yeah, so when when Richard and I first met, you were... You always had a very, very clean car inside and out. I did. And Both my cars were clean. When I met, when I met you, I had a... I, I was retired. And and your jeans, you used to change your jeans several times a day. I did, and I used to shower a couple of times a day. And, and, and what's happened to yourself now? Look at you. When I met you, I was retired, living in a big house with me and little dog, and all the neighbours thought that uh, I was a member of the Bee Gees or I was gay because I used to mince when I used to walk down the road with my iPod on when I'd walk the dog. And... I think they were very shocked when I started dating a girl because they hadn't seen a girl at the house. Um, but I had a great big Mercedes and a great big Land Rover and they were immaculate, yeah, absolutely immaculate. They were. I was retired, I wasn't working, I didn't need to work, I was just... But you were very you were very particular about these things and now you're very not particular and I'm just, I don't know whether... I, I haven't mean, let my standards slip that bad, I'm not a slob, I'm just... I'm no, just but not, does it, is it a thing that you, you know, when you are... Um, you know, sort of like happily married, obviously very happily married, um, or, you know, when you start having children, is it a case that you let your standards slip, which I think is what maybe the no, outside I, world sees more? Well, I don't know. Or is it actually that you realise that these things just aren't that important anymore? Like your priorities uh, I, change? I think priorities change, but I also think that when you're a parent and when you're a father and when you're a husband and you know you have to think about the bigger things the bigger things I don't have I don't have any worries in this world apart from health you know our health as a family and our health our children's well-being and our children's education really they're about the only worries I have in this entire world uh we're company directors that worries me not because of corporate stuff just because you know i don't feel and, and I'm, I'm what i mean by that is the fact that i don't feel 40 coming up to 45 part of me still feels 16 or 17 so that when when i see a letter arrive and it's to one of our companies i i suddenly think oh god i'm not old enough to do this stuff and that, that and that's one of the things i you know when you say you let it slide i've got so many other things on my mind now that i don't worry about I think it's because you have or... you have people depending on you. So I think, you know, your focus goes into other stuff rather than things that are immediately about yourself. I mean, I would say in, in some aspects, you know, maybe my standards have slipped, uh, you know, as in like I don't wear makeup and stuff as much as usual. Um, I, well, I still sort of dress all right most of the time. You, you dress lovely and you do wear makeup. But uh, I think it's just, you know, when you get to that point, particularly when your children are very small, like babies and stuff, you just want to survive to the end of the day. Like, you cannot see anything else being more important than just making it to the end of the day on however little sleep you've had. And if it's a bonus, if you can wear the same item of clothing for the whole day without somebody being sick on it or weeing on it or just spilling food on it but the children are at an spill- age now where they don't do things like that anymore really well you'd be surprised because william is our youngest is very keen on using me as a uh, a tissue 
Um, <laughs> yeah, he does that to me. Especially well. if he cries. If he's crying, he has to wipe his tears all over my face. Um, but if I'm wearing a scarf, which I quite often do, he has to wipe his nose on that scarf. Um, <laughs> he's my child. This is probably part of the reason why I wear a scarf, actually, because at least if that's dirty, I can just take that off and put a different one on than have to change clothing. And in fact, this is my tip, actually, for any uh, mums out there or mums-to-be, is always wear, like, a pashminery scarf thing. Because if your child ever, like, is sick on you or you get mess or stuff like that, you just readjust the <gasps> I scarf. I remember once walking into the lounge and he'd been sick on you and it just you were just holding your skirt like a reservoir of that wasn't sick that was a nappy that had exploded was, i couldn't and remember I had wrong, a wrong lake, bodily fluid a lake of poo i had a lake of poo but it's like baby stuff it's like the yellowish stuff a lake of it because i was sat cross-legged with him and i just had this lake in between my lap um and and i don't know how because he did this a couple of times he didn't really have any on him. No. It must have just... He's my child. It must have just, like... He's the messiah. Projectory kind of shot out of yeah, a small he, gap he, at he, the he, side. He's my, he's my son. Because he was just like, meh. Because he's I, an artist. I also had a time uh, when he was... I was feeding in the night, and he woke up, and I went and I fed him, and I sort of was winding him, and I was a bit too enthusiastic, and then all the milk just came straight back all over me. And then he carried on just sort of being asleep after that. But it didn't have a drop on him. And I was absolutely covered. You know it's bad when you have to like change your underwear. It's that bad. And he just, he had nothing on him. And he just carried on sleeping. I just put him to bed and I was like, well, thanks for that. We were watching The Hangover, the film The Hangover the other night. And there's a scene, a couple of scenes there where they got a baby. And that sort of took me back to when the children were small. And I sort of do miss it slightly. I was very happy when you were pregnant. I was happy when I was pregnant because I, I could liked just eat. You, I liked <laughs> you being pregnant, apart from when you had a thing about Easter eggs. Oh yeah, I did. I did get quite into Easter eggs. At the I end went out of my... at two o'clock. I went out at two o'clock in the morning to buy you Easter eggs. I I liked being pregnant. I liked it that it was the only time in your life where you can wear like the tightest fitting, stretchy tops and stuff, and you don't care because you never like. Oh, I've got a bit of back fat. Oh, my tummy's really big. You can wear like, stretchy stuff care. now. I like it. I well. Yeah, I, I would not the like when I was pregnant. People would think I was pregnant now if I wore oh, the, the tight You've stretchy your, stuff. You, you don't look like that. I look like I'm pregnant. You don't. But I, I enjoyed you being pregnant, and, and uh, I'm sorry, you know, having had the snip, that's not happening again. We've taken steps, but I do actually miss that first. I think months three and a half onwards, because months one to three, you were asleep. Well, it's not just one. that. That's the kind of when you were probably the most worried about everything as yeah, well. Yeah, but you were asleep the... all the time. You just slept. I did get so tired. Well, the the first time around with pregnancy, because the second time around, you you don't get any of those luxuries because no. you already have a child to look after. Yeah. So you don't get those, oh, I'll just sit and read a magazine or, you know, all these other things. Um, I found actually talking about weight and stuff. I put on less weight in pregnancy the second time around because I probably didn't have as much time to just sit on my ass eating chocolates. That's pretty true. But I also think that the second pregnancy, you do things very differently because you're used to, you know, the concept of carrying a child. You you you, you sort of know what your body's going to go through. I remember the first time when when you were pregnant with our first child, with our eldest son. And the baby kicked you and your reaction. 
Oh, I hated it. I thought it was horrible. I was like, I don't like this. It, it was just, you know, now obviously I, it's, it's a magical feeling and you get used to it. But initially I was just like, oh, I don't like it. It's like a foreign body. It's like an alien or something. It was. I thought uh, it was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. I, I, I remember going mad with the Doppler thingy. To, be to like, I'll listen to it and I'll be like, I'm pretty sure that's not the baby's heartbeat. I'm pretty sure that's me. Don't know. We had good fun trying to find out there, and I think I think the first the first child's always very magical because it's this journey of discovery that you're both going on that you know neither of you know anything about children, and and then you get to take this child home that you don't. No one's ever told you how to do anything. You shut the door, and it's like, okay, I what think, do we do now? I think it's just one of these things where you cross this line of becoming a parent and it's an adult, and it's. You can't describe it until you are on the other side. As much as you can prepare yourself and think about stuff, until you cross that line, it's it's just a, a different thing. Um, it's kind of like I think it's kind of like being married. Actually, I can remember. What do you mean? I would refer to you as like my partner and stuff, and then I would say, "Or oh, my husband," and you know, it was kind of novelty and stuff. I I, I, I found it novelty. I'd take your car into be service and say, "Oh, it's my wife's car," and I'd hear myself say, "My wife's car," and I'd think. Oh, I'm married. Yeah. But I think it's for me, um, that as time has gone on, you know, the longer we've been married, the more having, having, you know, you as my husband, having a husband has a different feeling. To, like it feels more special, I guess, than when you were just my partner. Like there's a, there's a line that has been crossed and, and we're in a sort of a different group. And it was like that, I think, when you have your, you know your first child that experience that you go through but it it doesn't even start with the child it starts with the pregnancy and then it changes again when the when the child is actually born I'd say yeah and I think we're very fortunate that we've now got to a stage where the children can go and fetch us the remote controls and that is what I dreamed of the children can come get me some crisps yeah Yeah, or whatever the children you can it's not you know it's not taking the mick but they are they are at the age now where they're starting to become useful yeah I very always soon they'll said, be old enough to wash the car oh yeah perfect that'd be brilliant i'll have them out washing the car regularly for pocket money i don't know if i don't mind paying them so it says me get the jet wash i, I mean they, i've got i've got a pressure washer i can't be asked to use that well we, we, we the thing is nowadays you know we've got we've got loads of stuff I, we can start them on the wheels they, you know they're quite small i'm quite happy to let them cl- clean the wheels of my car now you know I, I mean, a, not now. It's a bit I, I late and they're asleep. I wash a car. You have to go back after him and wash it again. He just washes it with dirt. He just polishes the dirt. Wow. And you've got a white car, which makes it worse. I know. And it desperately needs a clean. So I'll, I'll take any, <coughs> take I'll take it, any slave labour I can get over that Take it to one. the car wash. That's what I do. Take it to the car wash when they're closing. Because they give you a £10 wash for two quid. I, I always go at like five to eight in the evening, just as they're about to close. Because they need to get rid of the chemicals. That's what they, That's what you do. Get a full valet for two Okay, quid. you can do that and say, "This isn't my car. This is my wife's tiny little runaround car." It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic little car you've got. Very economical. Kind of it's, it's like that episode of The Simpsons when they, when they laugh at this guy in this really tiny car, and he gets out, and he's like, four "Okay, times let's tell the, the story." I bought one. I bought a little tiny car last year, and I had it for about two months, and you drove it, and it was great. So I then went out and bought you one as well, and then I sold mine and got a bigger one. So. I had, a, I had a little tiny car and a Land Rover. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But as I said, going back to having children, 
We're not having any more. We're not having any more. I was the. I remember the um, surgeon said to me when I went in to have my snip. He said, "I've never seen anyone hop, skip, and jump onto the table before." And I was just like, "Let's do it!" And your dad was downstairs as well. I know. I, I think it was sort of a nice way of my of like making sure it happened that my dad was there to like. Take your dad you in. took me for my vasectomy and drove me home just to make sure it happened that I hadn't legged it or jumped out of a window. But it was easy. I, I say to lots of men who are scared about having the snip, don't worry about it. It's easier than going to the dentist. And there's so much benefit. Do you know what I love now is that I have the best uh, baby ever in our dog because she... She's so childlike. If, if I felt a bit sort of, you know, maternal and like all, all that baby broody. need... Broody. yes. Then I, I can just have a cuddle with the dog because she will lie like a baby in my arms and she's got that right level of being dependent on me but yet still being quite independent as well. Yeah, because kids don't bite you like she would. No, but also I can't leave the kids in the house for four hours by themselves, whereas you I can could, with her. But you get done for it. You can leave the dog on its own. Yeah, but she she's my uh, she's my new baby, and she's always going to be a baby, and uh, and I love that. We're very fortunate. We have this little dog who's a cross between a Patterdale and a what? Lakeland. She's a Patterdale cross. She's Lakeland. A, she's so it's a, a Patterland, Patterland terrier, but she's never going to be bigger than quite a large puppy. Yeah, she's got a real puppy look about her, actually. People think she's a puppy. Yeah, but, but she's, she's not. She's full, fully grown, but she looks like a puppy, which is sort of nice, because I wouldn't want to have a big dog. No, I'd, she's lovely, and she's so cuddly. I love my cuddles, cuddles with her. So when the boys are older and they don't want to cuddle me anymore, which, you know, touch wood, hope won't be for a long time, I don't know. I'll still have her for my cuddles. To me, well, and you, I'm, I guess. Well, yeah, but I only, I only cuddle you because you're warm. You only cuddle me because... If you ever get cold... When you're cold, I don't want to cuddle you. And our eldest oh, child... Our old, eldest child is always like an icicle. Children always have cold extremities. When so the, the, the hands, hands and feet. Hands and feet. He'll climb into bed in the morning. He's been, just come out of a roasting warm duvet. He'll get into bed and it's just almost like he's been in the deep freeze for two hours. And I'm just like, what the hell? It's, it's appalling. He, I don't know I don't know how he does it. What we should do is maybe... Lock use, the door. No, we should Lock the door and not kids. let the children come in. Let That's them what go we should to... do until 8 o'clock. We should have a time lock. 8 o'clock in the morning. Then they can come in. Um, we should save on our heating... And just let the kids go to sleep in our bed. And then when it's our turn to go to bed, we'll put them back in their own beds. So no, then we've got like a that. free hot water bottle. Not doing that. We just, are we, uh, didn't we have an electric blanket once? We had a, a tiny, electric it was a pad. heat pad. No, we should get an electric blanket then. That's what we need. No, I don't want an electric blanket. We, once... we have a fantastic bed. We change our bed every like couple of years. I know you're supposed to change it about every eight years, but we've had about four beds since since we started. Well, it's together. mattresses, and it's because you you're big and heavy, and you spend a lot of time in bed. In bed, but or then sitting people, on the bed. Yeah, and we've got a very very expensive bed now, mattress now, and it's like got this gel pad on top, and it's fantastic, comfortable. And wherever we go in the world, we we stay in some lovely hotels, and it's always nice to come back and get into that. I think bed. there's just always something special about your own bed. And we've got like a down duvet, and so it's really heavy, and it just traps all the duck warmth. Down duvet. Is it duck down, or is it just down? I don't know. It's it, really nice. It traps all the warmth. It traps everything, though. So if it you does. have like bad wind, it will like <laughs> trap it don't under Don't give my wife a you... curry and anything, onion-based, before you get under the duvet. Well, no one's going to... None of you on this podcast are ever going to get under a duvet with my wife, so I don't have to worry about that. 
No. And if you do, I want the video. That's, that's the yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say I have a problem digesting onions. <laughs> it's, it's, we, we didn't discover but, but, this. But, but if we could capture it, we wouldn't have to worry about the North Sea gas supply. We could just... Going back to pregnancy, we didn't discover this problem I had with onions French until onion soup. when I was pregnant. I thought I would make some French onion soup one day, and it was the worst decision of my life. It was like being in a war zone. The soup I, itself. I was almost crying. The soup itself was delicious. I was just like making sure nothing sparked anywhere in the house, just in case we blew windows out. I was just like, I mean, how I su- are you doing this? I'm surprised it didn't even bring on early labour. I'm surprised it didn't as well. It was, it was a delicious soup. It was really nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, onions and I are not good bedfellows. But maybe that's since pregnancy, because I don't remember before pregnancy that you ever having that problem. So maybe think, maybe your body changes with pregnancy. God knows, who knows? I think that w- women's bodies are fantastic things. They produce life. They carry life. That Something that we can't do, men can't do. We can carry beer and pork pies and things like that, and and generally it kills us a lot earlier than it does you. But the miracle of life, the miracle of of being able to create a baby, the miracle of being able to be a dad is fantastic. And you know, you look at your wife after pregnancy, and some some men find it hard, but I I think mummy is fantastic. I'm your biggest fan. I know, but you you've got a thing about sort of more Maternal. older, mummyish. I have. We should we should explore that. You we know. should. You have you have issues. I don't have issues at all. Before <laughs> I dated you, I dated women who were a lot lot older than you. For since I was a teenager, yeah. always have. I'm not interested in younger women at all. I never have been. Not remotely interested. I don't think they've ever been interested in you. They haven't. They haven't. They haven't. And I think maybe I, I, I've always dated women who are grateful. Maybe that's that's what it was. I don't know. But I don't know how we ended up together. Uh, I begged you. I, I, I begged know. you, I chased you for how long? Well, I don't know. 14 months? Well, no, technically, we were a bit love at first sight. We just we were. Uh, didn't really settle down straight together. away. Although when I met you, you stayed for how many nights? I don't know, but you were wearing a pink shirt, and that's, you know, that's what I remember. You, you were wearing a pink You turned shirt. up at my house at about 10.30 on a Saturday night, and you stayed for how many days? About seven days, eight days? I don't know, like I stayed a little bit. But then one time I came round and you were like, oh, here you go. And you handed me a box of anything I'd actually left at your place ever. Not because you were like, I'm never going to see you again. It was more like, don't bring your stuff to my house. Was it? Yeah, because your I, house I don't was, remember these things. Your my house, house was, was so empty and, you It was know, a four-bedroom house, it was completely empty. Apart from you and the dog, initially the when dog. I met you. And then by the time we actually moved in together... It was just crammed. Full of, full of mandraws. I had about 20 mandraws yeah, of so everything. Have we explained the concept of a mandraw? So a mandraw is a drawer which is full of things that a man will never need to ever know where they are, but he has them in a drawer in case he needs to know where they are. So things like old keys for houses you haven't owned for 20 years. And light bulbs that don't work anymore. Light bulbs. Batteries. Batteries that are flat. Flat batteries. Foreign coins. Foreign coins, yes. Takeaway menus, of which there must be at least three from the same establishment, but the prices totally. haven't changed. Invoices and receipts, because I keep receipts for everything, because I'm business-minded. Um, possibly junk mail that you're like, oh, I'm not going to open that, it's junk mail. Instead of putting it in the bin, I'll put it in a drawer. Yeah, because that's what you do. In case it wasn't junk mail and you're throwing out you know, a letter from someone who needs your kidney. Chargers for something, but you can't be sure what it was, but it definitely wasn't a phone. 
so you keep it just in case it was for the nasal hair trimmer that you once bought that you think had a rechargeable battery. Exactly. Um, super glue, but you've already used it, so now the lid is super glued on. But if you but, were really desperate, you could slice the side yeah. to get a bit of super yeah. glue out. And, and the concept of man drawers, and my best man, Phil, as a sideline, once used to sell furniture. <coughs> he used to sell dodgy furniture. And I, and I think ties were hard, and I felt sorry for him. So I bought this big unit with about 20 drawers. And they weren't even useful size drawers. No, they they were, were mostly like It was like a bureau. It was a bureau. Drawers. And I filled every single drawer with, apart from maybe one, with... Mandrawer stuff. With stuff. And you now... Uh, like, your bedside drawers are all mandrawers. They are. And, and then I have 12, cabin, 12 boxes of man drawers on top of my bed and wardrobe in the bedroom. And just basically any drawer that isn't, the, will, if there isn't like a cutlery drawer, actually. I will turn it into a man you drawer. You will turn it into a man drawer. Like you can pretty much guarantee that any drawer you look in will have some sort of batteries, a pair of scissors, some sort of piece of paper that's no longer required. Glasses wipes, they get everywhere glass, nowadays. Glasses of glasses. I must have about 40 pairs of glasses. Um, but yeah, the the one that irks me the most is definitely that junk mail thing, or just junk mail on the side. Just put it in the rubbish. Just put it in the rubbish. But I, yeah, uh, the whole—it's uh, the whole filing thing. I'm just—that's your job. I'm too busy. Well, just I'm too busy earning moolah. Well, don't don't pick it up then. Just leave it on the mat. Just pick up where the bits can, of post that you want. Where you can throw it out and lose it. Just pick up the bits of post that you want off the mats. Um, and then I'll I'll just put the rest of the takeaway stuff in the bin. Well, actually, no, I have a little folder that I keep of takeaway stuff. Even though in the, these days where you, you know, can order it online, it's a miracle we can keep the mystery, the suspense alive to have a love life and to be a married couple, isn't it? It's a miracle anything ever happens. Because I mean, here's you criticizing my mandrel capability, but I guarantee you'll say, "Oh God, do you know where the charger is?" For one of those, I go, "Yeah, I've got three of them." Yeah, I'd be like, oh, have you got an Allen key that is this very specific size of something from Ikea? I did find out the other day that I had three drills. Because I'd lost my drills, so I bought another drill, and then I couldn't find that drill, so I bought another drill. Yeah, that's bad. It is bad. This it's is this is bad. why we ended up with um, several guillotines for cutting paper. About four or five of them, yeah. Yeah. This, it, this, it, it, this it, isn't I, normal. It isn't normal, but I have about 15 tents as well, so fill your boots you've been listening to episode 17 the episode you almost fell into a coma listening to the real the real married life the married life of a 40 something year old man and his 30 something year old wife who who is edging ever closer to being a divorcee <laughs> well no i was going to say ever closer to being like 40 actually cause you're going to be 36 next week, next week. yes 36 years we will old. have a birthday episode we will celebrate you, how old are you when we met 25 25 we're going into the we met in the i was thinking i think it was the june the june we met june 21st 1997 2007 no, uh, 2007 sorry but not, not yeah so it's 2007. 11 it's 11 years that this year it is 11 years this year love at first sight anyway more on that next week are we? Are we going to talk about love next week? Because if so, I, I need a week to prepare no, for it. I no. need a whole week to prepare we're for it. Gonna, we're going to leave it for I a couple of weeks. I forgot what love is. Because we're going to wait till we'll, we'll do a Valentine's love special. Will we? Are we going to have special guests or just us? We will just have us. Uh, but we'll eat heart-shaped chocolates while we On do. the air. We'll have, to, we'll have to record that one for posterity for YouTube. More. Yeah, we'll, we'll promise you some what Valentine's Day what? masticulation on air. 
I think what we should do is that the Valentine's should be the the, the love episode. We'll get invite people to write in with with questions. <gasps> we can do. We can Valentine, solve Valentine's your love should problems. be solve your love problems. We can be your lonely hearts. Yeah, and advise so, you what to buy your partner and what not to buy your partner from that's our a own really good point idea. of if, views. Exactly. So if you're listening in, Valentine's Day special, which is going to be February the 15th, is it? It's the 14th. 14th, is it? There it's, you go. It's, it's been the 14th forever. Has it? I forever, don't know. Yeah. I knew somewhere in the middle of February. So Around Valentine's the, Day. The hopefully, clock is ticking now. The clock is ticking before. now. Four and a half weeks away. Start thinking about writing in to the Facebook page or via email or whatever to tell us, ask us your questions for Valentine's or, you know, things that you should and shouldn't do for Valentine's, places you shouldn't go. Do not take your wife to an abattoir for, for Valentine's. That's not good. Okay. Right, so we'll be we'll be back with that in a few weeks, but we'll see you next week for episode 18. Episode 18. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Good night, guys. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe via iTunes on your Apple device. If you are an Android user, we recommend using CastBox, available free from the Google Play Store. Find us on Facebook. Search Not Quite the Afterglow.